0: And we are live. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the MMA UK Late Show. And tonight is our Stevie Ray retirement special. Stevie, thank you so much for joining us.
1: That's all right. All good. All
0: uh, right, it's lovely to see you, and we're gonna be reflecting on the career of the Scottish goat. Um, so yeah, it's an emotional one. I've got my tissues ready, <laughs> Peter. <laughs> Thanks for being
2: my co-host as ever. Do you want to introduce our sponsor? Yeah, the MMA UK Late Show is sponsored by FightPool. FightPool is a supplement and clothing company founded by martial artists for martial artists and all-combat sport athletes. The aim of the company is to supply supplements and clothing of the highest standard to all fighters and warriors so they can train, perform and win.
0: So, Stevie, thank you again for joining us. But, oh, you got me right in the feels this week. It was, it was a tough one to watch. I mean it wasn't that surprising because I, I guess everybody that, that knows you well knows about your, your knee issue, know that you had to pull out of your last fight, know that it's been plaguing you for years, but still very sad to see that announcement.
1: Yeah, even for me it's quite uh you know, I've I've got mixed emotions about it. You know, part part of me is really like relieved and glad and and when I announced it, when I went live and I announced it, it literally just felt like a weight off my shoulders. Um, yeah. Because I, I was back and forth with the idea. You know, I'd spoke to some people. I'd spoke to James, you know, a good bit about it as well. Uh, and obviously he knows some of the days that I was frustrated and had to take time off. And Yeah. Um, but obviously he doesn't get the, the kind of, like, he he he... Like he he'll be frustrated that obviously I can't train either. But and then I've got the mental aspect of it as well. Like, yeah. Can I, like I remember before I officially pulled out against Mark D Casey. Um I remember I, um sitting at home for a while, uh, icing my knee and this was obviously a few weeks even before I pulled and I'm thinking um, you know, my knee my knee's blown up, I can't train. Um, that I have to take that day off uh, and then, you know, the next day came, it was still huge. Um, and then I, I'm sure I've seen like videos of him doing strength and conditioning and or you know, hitting pads or whatever. Um and yeah, it's just a total gets in your head. Um Yeah. Especially when, when I'm so used to training um as hard as I can, like I always make sure when when I was a hundred percent physically fit, that was a good while ago. But um, yeah, I would always make sure I'd done everything in my possibility. You know, I'd go to the track, I'd do sprints, I'd I'd go swimming. Um, I, I'd try and mix it up to get to get everything. You know, full wrestling, all the MMA training, all the sparring, plus every kind of conditioning inside it, and the strength conditioning inside that was a kind of big important factor for me. I, you know, if I looked good for the fight and I, you know and I knew I'd trained good then um yeah, that I felt good and then obviously I would fight good. I would have that confidence knowing that I've trained really hard and I look really good. So it means yeah. I've trained hard.
0: Yeah, I think that mental aspect is is so huge. You know, like like you said, even if you haven't seen videos of what he's up to, you're just imagining that he's beasting himself in the gym every day while you're sitting at home with your your knee up with ice on it, not being able to improve. And you know, when you've trained for years, you know you can go in and with with not a full camp and still put on a brilliant performance. Like I know what you mean as well about the. The torn emotions. I was literally just saying to Peter be, before you came on, like one minute I think it's really sad that it's the knee injury that's made you have to walk away from the sport before you're ready. But then on the other hand, you're you're walking away at the at the top of your game. You you know your last fight was arguably your your, your greatest you know one to have on your record, and not many people walk away on top.
1: Yeah, that's it. And to be honest, I probably wouldn't have walked away, you know, off a win and uh, off argu- arguably the biggest one in my career. Uh, yeah. You know, part like you said, part of it's frustrating. Part of it's like really depressing and rubbish. And um, but the other part of it, yeah, exactly. Just looking at the positives, and that's the that's the fact that you know it doesn't matter. If, uh, what anybody says, MMA isn't really good for your your uh, brain, if you say. Yeah. It's maybe good, You know, it's maybe good uh, kind of training and whatever else. But over over a long term, uh, getting punched in the head, uh, you know, we've seen that it's no obviously good repeatedly getting punched in the head for years and years. And, and do get me wrong, like, uh, you know, if I could have kept doing that, I'd, I'd be happy. I think living a happy life and a short life is better than living a miserable and long life but um, yeah it's kind of is what it is like if I can choose to have a healthy knee and keep fighting then I would do that but uh, so yeah I'm just pretty much trying to look at the positives and that's the fact that you know I'm still healthy I've gained a lot out of MMA I've built a name a reputation I've made some money you know I've bought a house for my family and Uh, yeah so just kind of looking at that aspect and now uh, I also opened my gym a few years ago so I've got my gym to try and pass on all the knowledge and and I suppose try and create some kind of old me Uh, if I can if I can take some troubled kind of people guys because I mean I was getting up to no good getting in trouble before I started MMA and then my life completely changed so if I can do that for other people then then that'll be amazing
0: yeah yeah 100% um let's give that a little plug while while you're talking about Braveheart Jim tell people where it is and um how they can find you there
1: yeah so it's a Mitchelson Industrial Estate in Kirkory um I've got a, a unit there. Um, yeah, just now I've got, a, obviously, nighttime classes. I'm gonna eventually maybe add some daytime classes. But yeah, just now, like I've got, obviously, I've got MMA, uh, striking, um, BJJ, wrestling. Um, and then if you want to come and just train for fitness, that's completely fine. You can come, you can hit pads, you can uh, learn some jujitsu. Uh, and then do so you don't ever have to do any sort of contact You don't have to get punched in the face if you want to just come and hit some pads hit the bag get fit you know for whatever it is i, I try and cater for everybody um so yeah you can come to the gym if it, if your kind of goal was to lose weight then i'll try and do that um if you want to improve your fitness or you know self maybe self-defense or or obviously, you know, the other kind of end that uh, you want to come compete, um, then yeah, uh, okay cater for it all. And I've already got a lot of kind of different people. I've got guys that come to me that only want to do Jiu Jitsu. Um, so they, they only do Jiu Jitsu, nothing else. Uh, other people that just come again to, to lose weight or maybe for physical or mental health. Um, yeah. And then obviously, I've got a squad of fighters as well. So, yeah,
2: who should we look out for, Stevie? And who should we look out for? Stevie, that, look out
1: for uh, I've got a few. I mean, David Fell was probably one of my biggest prospects. Uh, he's not been training lately. Um, I think he's got some kind of family things going on, um, like maybe some family members that are ill. So and especially with everything that's going on, um, he can of really be coming to the gym and risking, um, yeah. you know, p- passing that on to kind of ill family members or whatever. So, yeah, David fell likes one of the biggest prospects. He's free and all with me, um, yeah, free fights, free wins, free arm bars. Uh, so yeah, all stoppages. So yeah, hopefully he can get back to the gym, um, when he can. He's got kind of, he's not too old either. I think he's maybe 25 or something. So uh, yeah, he can go far if he, if he kind of stuck it. Uh, Bradley Scott, again, another kind of young, um, 21 maybe, 20. Um, I started when I was 19. Um, he's That was me completely starting fresh. No experience whatsoever apart from maybe a couple of scraps in the street. <laughs> um, and I I think he's maybe 20 he's had something like four fights uh, four or five fights um, some wins, some losses uh, and yeah, he's, he's got a lot of potential as well he just, for a wee while there he was skipping the jiu-jitsu classes so he, <laughs> he's, got re- he's got really good striking but uh, yeah, he was getting a bit maybe skipping the jiu-jitsu and uh it's probably because, you know, he's he's better at striking, so obviously he enjoys that movie more. But yeah, he's been he's actually been in. I've been doing some privates with him, jiu I've got one with him tomorrow, him and uh, Jamie Bennett, what who's another guy that's young, only twenty. He's got uh he's had a couple of fights. Um and again, they they just need to commit. Anybody that commits and a uh, you know, the, the, all you need to do is come to the classes. That's it. I mean, I, I've got the knowledge there uh, uh, to kind of teach you the stuff. We've got a good squad of guys. Um, I mean, I, I've got... If everybody came at once, obviously there would maybe be over 50. But, um, yeah, there's always like maybe between 15 and 25 kind of people at a class. Um, and, yeah, just... I've got a lot of kind of prospects.
0: That's exciting. I would, I would always say to anybody, you were talking there about beginners and, you know, even people who just want to do it for the fitness or whatever. I had never been involved in any type of martial art until I was 34, massively overweight, like getting into MMA training. Um, And obviously then jujitsu after that, but I would just recommend it. There's benefits from anybody doing it, you know. What like like Stevie said, from if you just want to give it a go and do something to be fitter, you'll benefit from that. Right up to if you want to be a pro fighter and learn from a UFC fighter, the hardest thing is working walking through that gym door for the f- first time. So just do it. But that's um, that. And
1: I, I think it always changes as well. You know, I I always remember a guy. Uh, kind of friend of mine or or he's one of my kind of uh good friends um stepdad paul eastman um i always remember when i used to say to him about coming along and he was a wee bit interested for the kind of fitness side of stuff and uh i was always saying i'm come along and train and you'll like it and uh and he was right a bit paranoid about like he was like, right, I'm going to come along, but just for fitness, not, nothing else. No, I'm not wanting to do anything. I'm not wanting to punch or spar or anything like that. Just pure fitness. Um, so he started coming along, and then next thing, he was like looking, he's a bit intrigued. I think he was a bit surprised at how the classes were. Because I think, yeah. you know, a lot of people that's maybe never seen a training session um, maybe think that, you know, you turn up to an MMA class and you're beating the shit out of each other. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which is com- uh, obviously nothing like that. Um, so, yeah, then, then he was doing jiu-jitsu. Um, and he's, I mean, he's in his, I, I can't remember, 40s, maybe? Is, uh, yeah, he's in his late 40s, uh, I think. Uh, he's in his <laughs> 40s, anyway. Uh, and I, like, he, he was loving it. And then I think he ended up getting an injury uh, um, that kind of stopped him for still doing it but yeah he, he kind of you know grew right in it and that was a uh, one of the kind of good examples what's that sorry i was just looking at one of the comments
0: yeah <laughs> yeah so jamie gardner said i'd love to know in all seriousness is robbie through the greatest wrestler you've ever had the pleasure of training with
1: hey uh, so Who's Robbie uh,
0: Frew.
1: yeah well he's he's one of our uh, kind of guys that come to the gym. He, he's a big wrestling fan, so he likes the wrestling. Uh, yeah, hi, Robbie's one of the one of the kind of good wrestlers. I wouldn't I wouldn't say what's that? Is he the greatest wrestler? I've wrestled <laughs> I've wrestled by a lot of good wrestlers. Uh, that's a GSP. lot more experience. But aye, um, aye, but Robbie, Robbie's. Is he uh,
0: up there with DSP?
1: Yeah, well, if, he, if he keeps if he keeps straining, he's too he's too busy working all the time. That he's, might he,
2: that might that might be the answer to our next question.
1: What's that?
0: Who is your goat?
1: Oh, who's my goat? Uh, I think the goat for MMA is GSP. Um, again, he's not been around for a while, so. I just think he was the most well all rounded. Uh like John Jones is obviously really good, but I think he's maybe you know, he's got a lot of kind of gifted natural stuff. Like yeah. he's got he's usually got about ten inches or, or eight inch reach advantage um on his guys and uh, and yeah, light heavyweight is maybe not as as dangerous as like lightweight and welterweight. Um, mm. so I'd go with GSP he seems the smartest as well. He we always knew how we he might not even be the best, like, jujitsu guy, but uh, or the best striker, but he'd always just find a way to win
0: for me as well. He's the only one who's in that conversation who's got no question marks, um, <laughs> around PED. Sorry, Peter, I always bring that up, but like, he he's the only one, so yeah, he's my goat as well. Peter, who's yours?
2: You know, well, it would have been Bisping if he beat GSP, but he didn't, So because Bisping bought all the cheats and all that, didn't he? Uh, yeah. Obviously, you got John Jones in that conversation, which you've kind of led to. He's got a lot of question marks and all that. Too. Uh, mine, mine would be Amanda Nunes. She'd beaten everybody.
1: Yeah. 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 Um, I think, just thinking there again, I'm sure GSP's only ever got two losses. Um, Matt Hughes and Matt Serra, and he beat both of yeah. them as well. So. Yeah. I always feel like if you beat a guy that's beat you, it kind of raises the loss. Um, so, but well, that's uh, very
0: interesting because we're gonna we're gonna come on to to that when we're talking about your career. I, I was hoping, well, um, oh, Kieran Ritsory wants to know if you're still planning on competing grappling.
1: It just really depends on how this knee goes. Um, mm. I mean, I've not done m I've not done any MMA training. Uh, tomorrow it will be a month. Yeah, tomorrow it will be a month. No N- MMA training at all. And my knees actually a bit swollen just now. Um, yeah. I don't even know how that's happened because I've not done anything with my leg today. But uh, yeah, it's weird. It's like my knees got bipolar. Some days, some <laughs> like what? What? One day it will just be good, and then like I'll not even do anything, and then the next day it's rubbish. Like. Uh, and then and then the opposite sometimes is, well, my knee will be swollen as hell. I'll go to bed and just wake up and it's fine. <laughs> uh, you briefly spoke yeah.
0: about, like, the surgery options, like when you were doing your live the other day. Um, the chances of success aren't super high, I think, and the recovery is long and just there's a bunch of reasons why you don't think that's. A miracle cure for you,
1: right? Uh, well it would yeah, it would probably fix it probably would have fixed money. Um but um yeah, so it's called a, an osteotomy. I don't know if that's the right way I'm saying it, but osteotomy surgery. Um which is pretty much um yeah, I went and seen a guy, Gordon Mackay. He's meant to be one of the best kind of orthopaedic surgeons in Scotland. Um, and he said, yeah, I went and seen him and I was hoping like he would give me a miracle. Like I, I was asking him about hyaluronic acid, um, which is like a lubricant that you can get injected into your knee that that helps mm. all the, um, so I was hoping that that would maybe help my situation, considering I think most of my problem is like arthritis type, like yeah. bone to bone. and bone changes and all that kind of stuff but uh, yeah and um, he he said that yeah he had a feel in my knee uh, and he's like oh yeah there's a lot of kind of different bone changes and stuff in there uh, and he said that i'd be better going down to london to a guy adrian i think he said a, a guy adrian um he's meant to be the specialist at that type of surgery mm.
0: um
1: and yeah, he just said that, yeah, it's like, it's quite a big surgery. Um, some athletes, I don't know if he said some athletes or most athletes, never ever return after it. Right. Uh, yeah, that's like, that's them. If they're getting that surgery, that's done. It's kind of like a knee replacement of that. Yeah. Not as, not as severe. Uh, yeah, and it's basically where, so because I've had a lot of kind of I've no cartilage on my left knee. So it's, I'm pretty much bone to bone all the time. So when yeah. I'm walking, you know, walking, running, anything, anything I do, I'm my bones grinding off the bone. Um, mm. And then because there's, that's been happening and I've no cartilage, one of my bones or maybe both have grew longer. Um, so they're, they're touching each other more and then, I can't even straighten my left leg now because the bones are too long, if that makes sense. Yeah. So so usually Ow. you've got your tibia. You've got your tibia, you've got your femur, and and then obviously your patella, the knee the knee bone. And then when you straighten your leg, um yeah, obviously there's a gap. But I've not got the gap, and then like it just doesn't straighten. Um so yeah, they they would cut one of the bones, like saw the bone off. Uh Ow. Yeah, um, and then I think they put like a plate up the side. They put like a metal plate up the side and then screw screw, uh, screws into the bone and at the top bone, the bottom bone, um, to kind of give it extra support, I think. Um, Yeah, then after that, yeah, I think it's like a year's rehab. um, A year's rehab to even be back doing something like running and um, mm. never mind punching and kicking and kneeing and wrestling and yeah, yeah. Uh, but at that time you know it was not a case of I was thinking like it's this or I'm going to retire at that time I was just like I'll just I'm not getting that I'm not risking kind of that and I was just like I'm just going to Keep trying to do what I do, cause I—I I mean, I've done it. I've done it for a, nearly two years. This isn't just a—a a new. Yeah. I thought, I think the first time it happened was the Jess and Ayari fight, mm-hmm. when, when like this. I mean, my whole UFC career, I've had two bad knees. Um, the the December two thousand and fifteen, I got knee surgery on both them, uh, my left and my right. But my knees were better after that. Like the surgery worked. Um my knee stopped popping out of place. And cause I used, it used to pop out of place. I had bucket handle tears, which means that, you know, the bone was popping out and it was out of alignment. And I would just straighten my leg, push on my knee and it would crunch back in and make a horrible noise. So anybody that trained with me years ago, they have probably seen me pop that in. And sometimes it would be three times in one session. And I'd, I'd probably pop that back in and out um, for a good few years because... I went to the orthopaedic back then, this is the very first time, and I'm saying, look, my knee keeps popping out of place, Uh, I have to pop it back in, so I've got an MRI scan, Um, the MRI scan said my knees were fine, nothing wrong with my knees. Uh, I think because it was an old injury, I think MRIs only really show something that's just happened um, recently. and. and yeah, i d I'd done that for years. I probably made it worse uh, and it came to a time where I seen the orthopedic and I was like, look, my knee's screwed, I'm going to show you. Because I, I started learning when it would pop out. So anytime I sat down with my legs crossed, like how you would sit when you're at uh, primary school or whatever, just with your yeah. legs crossed. And then I came forward onto my knees, it would always pop out. Um, so, so I did that, I just did that in the appointment. I said, look, Um, and then I popped it back in place. He heard and seen everything. He was like, oh, yeah, there's definitely something wrong with that knee. So I didn't know what was (laughs) wrong. No shit, Sherlock. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. I I I didn't know what was wrong. I said, the right knee's fucked as well. I I was like, "Eh," and he was like, right, let's get you in. We'll get you, eh," I can't remember the type of surgery, but basically they'll put me to sleep, keyhole. And then they'll find out what's wrong when they do the keyhole, and then they'll fix it that time as well. So I mm-hmm. I went under surgery and not even knowing what was wrong with my knee, and then when I woke up, uh, he basically told me that I had had I had two pretty big tears, bucket handle, which is the biggest cartilage tear you can get. Um, I had both of them on both knees, and obviously he fixed them. But yeah, it all started just from that, like, and then. And then again, I've got my right knee done in 2016. My knee was fixed after that. My right knee's been good ever since. I've not got as much problems anyway. And then the left knee I got done January 2019, I think. Yeah, January 2019. Um, So almost two years ago. And it's just never been the same since then. Before and after, but that's the thing. Yes. I went and spoke to the surgeon that done my, my surgery, um, Fraser Wade, he's a orthopedic surgeon at the Murrayfield Hospital in, in Edinburgh. Um, and he told me when I went and see him, he said, look, he had obviously seen my knee, the MRI, everything like that. And he said, I don't think, uh, I don't think this surgery is going to fix your knee. Um, he, and he was like, and he's kind of accent or whatever, Steven, you have a really bad knee. Your knee is really badly damaged. Really bad. And I was just like, all right. And uh, I was like, nah, I want the surgery though. I want the surgery. I I, I had it in my head. The surgery is gonna fix my knee. And he was like, look, I'll do the surgery and hopefully it'll help. But I don't think that's gonna help. I'll do it anyway. So yeah, he he done the surgery and well, it didn't didn't really work. It helped a little bit because it wasn't as bad. Like. But uh, and I've got some kind of short-term relief. Uh, but yeah, it's never ever the same. And he told me then he said, uh, when I've got follow-up appointments, like you know, a few months later, and then again. And he's just like, you know, I was trying everything. I'm like, can you know, give me a cortisone? Can you give me this? Can you? Oh, I've heard about, I've heard about uh, PPRP injections and all that. And,
0: Stem cells. Yeah,
1: yeah. Just every. I was just trying everything. Like, I've, if anybody's got knee problems, I'm like a knee expert now. I've Anything that
0: people that. say on Joe Rogan. Uh,
1: that's that. <laughs> but but he he basically told me that, that this is two years ago. He <clears throat> he said to me then. He said your knee is so bad that you need to start thinking about doing someone else with your life. Um oh. And I, and back then I was just like. Fuck that. I was like, I'm yeah. I'm a fighter and that's it, that's all I'm gonna do. Uh, and and he was like, Right, so what what I'll do is because um, this is even after that, he's like, I'll give you a cortisone injection, but this is only gonna be a short term fix. It's you know, it's like a painkiller, eventually it's gonna wear off. And I, I think there's meant to be research that actually eventually makes your knee worse as well
0: yeah and um, i think also the fact that it is blocking out the pain and you're training on yeah, something that's yeah, not so really there you're kind of making it worse the whole time yeah. that you're training through the pain
1: yeah and you can yeah and like you said you can maybe even make it like you can tear someone and not even really know and not that. even know yeah uh, so yeah but I was, you know that was it I, I couldn't really fight or do fight camps without getting all this help the hyaluronic acid the the court is on um so i was just like oh just do it just do it anyway and you know hopefully it helps um and yeah every time i seen him he just kept telling me how bad my knee was (laughs) Um, (laughs) i want solutions doc (laughs) i didn't really understand back then though because everybody was always asking me what is it that's wrong with your knee then is it is it like your acl is it your ligament like is it your cut like what is it and And it's just the bones, the bone, like nothing to do with my ligaments. My ligaments are fine. I've no cartilage, uh, so so it's not that, but it's just my actual bones. Um, Mm. I've got like, I've got bone spurs, um, osteophytes they're called. So that's like loads of little bones growing on, on the bone. I've also got, I've got a thing called an edema, which means that I've just got fluid coming down my whole leg so like sometimes my shins like a water balloon um yeah yeah i could i even remember i used to be able to like push it up uh i would push on my shin and and you would see it It was just like pushing on a water balloon like just coming all up my leg and uh yeah and then um okay mind what else i was gonna say yeah so but yeah basically just my knees fucked (laughs) (laughs) Uh, is that,
2: that part of the reason you started Braveheart MMA did you have like one eye on what you are going to do when you are retired uh,
1: nah to be honest I, so I started Braveheart MMA when I lost to Felder at yeah. Glasgow I, um, I was with another manager at the time uh, before I signed mm. to Ali I was with another guy that was a bit of a fucking dick Yep, yep exactly <laughs> that. Name think exactly. gives the best though. advice I don't, I don't name any names or anything like that but yeah he was a he advised me, he's like, look, we, look, it's better if we go into free agency. We go into free agency, we can get more money, which is maybe right. But you never, I never ever knew that, you know, I was risking my job uh, if it didn't yeah. go my way. So, um, you know, I just thought, you know what, I'll risk it. If it's the case i I get more money if I beat like a lot more money if I beat Felder, or a little bit less if I lose to Felder. Um, so i thought fuck it let's risk that then um mm. and he was obviously giving me all this advice uh then obviously i lost and the ufc were like well we didn't know if we we're re-signing you um so i think i waited like three months which maybe doesn't seem that long but when you're sitting twiddling your thumbs after you've just been knocked out in your home time and in front of like thousands of people um, when I'm already depressed about that and no knowing what's next and if I'm even getting... A... So I was like, fuck, I can't wait around forever. uh I'm wondering what's going to happen. So just the, not even so much for the money, more just for like staying busy. Um, Gary Patterson at Arena Gym, uh, the gym I go to in Krikora, uh, he was like, why don't you start doing some uh, classes just in one of my studios? um or, or I maybe asked him, I, I can't remember which way it was, but yeah, he basically allowed me to start doing classes in the studio at Arena Gym in Kirkcore And then, you know, it started, that's how it started, in a wee room. It's quite funny if I look back, cause it's just a wee room with a couple of mats uh, and maybe six, six people. And then, yeah, it just got quite popular, you know, everybody was coming. And then I moved from that room to the bottom of the gym, Eventually, convinced Gary to give me the kind of bottom of the gym, uh, and then, yeah, then obviously to, to the place I've got the now
2: You also so, did a winner fighting championship, didn't you, with Gary as well? We had a lot yeah, of fighters, yeah. so well. I
1: spoke about uh, doing a show, we've done that, it was all right, it's no bad for it us, you know, kind of, it's absolutely ups brilliant. and downs. So, yeah, we'll maybe eventually get back to that. Uh, I just seen him again today. Um he works offshore as well so he's been away for six weeks or something this time uh, so I could maybe even speak about doing, doing another show and stuff mm. uh, once uh, the world gets back to normal a little bit
0: Yeah, whenever that is <laughs> I just want to go back to a few of the comments because I am going to try and get to them to as many of them as possible um, so All keep right. sending in your, your best moments from Stevie's career but um, Chris Gadden says Hi Stevie, been watching you since the Bama days. Fond memories of that boiling hot night <laughs> CWFC when you won lightweight tournament for the title. Uh, good luck in whatever you choose to do in the future. Uh, and
1: then, so was that a question? I,
0: I, don't know. I think it was just a, a comment. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, it was,
2: a two, it was a tournament, wasn't it? You won the Cage Warriors two fights in one night, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, uh, that's right. So the tournament was. Oh, who, who was it? all? Oh, was an You it you fought my teammate in in
0: <laughs> that tournament, Sean Carter. Oh
1: yeah, early yeah. on in me, the tournament. Sean Carter, uh, Jason Ball, and Ivan mm. Uh, Ivan Butchiner. No, Sean Carter wasn't in it. Sorry, it was somebody else. Sean Carter ended up replacing Ivan Butchiner because he was injured. Cause he won, yeah. he already won a fight that night as well, so he was like a reserve. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember the other guy that that was. Um, and I, but yeah, so uh, who the yeah, I beat Jason Ball first, beat him by decision. Uh, I won the two rounds, so got that. Um, and then yeah, Sean Carter, I'm a, I think I really could choked him in round one, won the title. And then and then uh, I then I eventually lost it. To butch and, her, and then won it back when I fought Kurt bourbon and then I had the kind of trilogy stuff with yeah, Warburton. was
0: so yeah. yeah. Let's let's talk about that while we're on the subject because that was probably the first time that like loads of people were watching you for the first time and that was like such a an epic rivalry. Um, yeah. What have you got to say about <laughs> that rubber match?
1: So. I mean, the, going going through the whole three fights. I mean, I remember the first fight at Bama. He beat me by decision. It was like a close decision. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, I, I think I won the third. and I can't I can't remember how the fight went, but it was not nothing much uh, happened. To be honest, uh, it was like two rounds to one or something. I think I gave him a bit too much respect. You know, it was my first kind of big name. I think yeah. like he was he had been in the UFC, uh, you know. So I thought you know he's he's gonna be good. He's been in the UFC. He's won in the UFC and stuff. And uh, yeah, gave him a bit too much respect. And then uh, so he beat me at Bama. Uh, then we fought in Cage Warriors. Um, was that already the champion or I think the title was maybe vacant. And we fought for it. Yeah, um, it was. It was vacant. Uh so yeah, I, I beat them uh, by decision. It was kind of all on the feet, uh kickboxing kind of fight. Um
0: how does it feel to win a belt against someone you lost your Bama belt to? That must yeah, have been feels, like
1: Yeah, it feels brilliant like I said, it, it almost erases the loss because yeah uh, and and just the way it went, like it, it was cool. If you go back and watch all three fights, or even if you just look at it on paper, I went from from uh, losing a decision to winning a decision to then dominating and getting a finish. So you kinda of seen me improving every time. Uh but yeah, that the third fight, the rivalry, there was a wee bit of beef. I don't know where it really came from. Just obviously if we're fighting each other a few times and, you know, I beat him he beat me up a decision I beat him a decision and you know there was a wee bit of beef and I remember at the weigh-ins I didn't really know you know I thought it was all just kind of bantering uh, but then at the weigh-ins he was like head to head with me and and, and he was I remember he was raging Uh, I I was sitting I was sitting you know after I'd weighed in I'm sitting like well they're still doing whatever they were doing I'm drinking and I'm eating my sweeties and I'm all happy Uh, after i have weighed in, I look across, and he's just staring at me, like, pure rage, <laughs> and I'm just, I remember, I was just looking across, like, what the fuck are you looking at? <laughs> um, <laughs> and I thought, ah, yeah, he's just, he's just like, he's just fucking, you know, trying to get my head off, and I look across again, he's still staring at me, like, wanting to come and fight me, the new and I was just like, right, this is fucking real, so I was, that was me, like, I wish everybody was like that with me. Uh, that's, that's what I need. I need, like, well, I didn't need it, but it's way easier to beat somebody up that, that like, that you've got beef with. Uh, I think that was one of the only times I've ever had a bit of beef with somebody. Um, so, I, right, that was it. I was just, like, fucking, you know, raring to go. I remember the ref asked us to touch gloves. Whenever touch gloves, the, the credit was in. Was it in? London, Newcastle? I can't even remember. Uh, London, I think it was. Uh, and yeah, he had a lot of fans. I had a lot of fans. It was uh, really cool. Uh, good atmosphere. And I, and I, I remember I cracked on my picture of a left shot, put him on his arse and then uh, submitted <laughs> him.
0: So was that one even sweeter than winning the belt at Cage Warriors? Uh, or? That one
1: was better, I uh that one was really good because I finished it. like, like even though I I know I, I think that I definitely won the decision, uh, but again I kind of played it tactical. I was hitting, moving, I was throwing a lot of kind of different kicks that I'd been working, spinning kicks and side kicks and all that kind of stuff. Uh, whereas the third time, you know, I dropped him on the feet and then choked him out. Uh, well, choked him till he tapped. Um, and yeah, there was rivalry between me and him. There was also rivalry with. All oh, the crowd. So if anybody was there, they'll be watching this, remembering that. If you watch the fight back, it actually shows you the crowd for a wee minute because I jump in. I jump over the cage, jump into the crowd. Everybody's like fucking um, jumping on Like, everybody's trying to jump on me, cuddle me, whatever. Uh, um, and then you see on the camera, there's like, you see a couple of pints getting thrown everywhere. And then, then you see... Uh, some like balls and then then there's chairs getting thrown uh, <laughs> so uh, it was like it just erupted in the crowd a bit and then even after the event I- I'm sure there was uh, they were all waiting on each other and that uh, was a bit <laughs> <laughs>
0: I was then going to talk about how you went on to the UFC after that but Stevie McIntosh says tell him about the night out in Newcastle three weeks before your UFC debut <laughs> so I'll <laughs> ask you that first
1: Oh, so there's nowhere much to talk about but that night, but, um, <laughs> so this must have been, what, it was a week before my birthday, uh, but I never really went to Newcastle for that, I went down to corner uh, Craig McIntosh, uh, was it just him? I can't remember if anybody else thought, but yeah, went down to Newcastle to corner uh, Craig Mop. he was fighting, um, I think maybe Maybe there was maybe Lee fighting as well. I c I can't I remember Mop was fighting. Um so yeah, we went down there. Uh he won by I think he jab neck tied the guy. I called it before the fight as well. I was like, You're gonna jab necktie him, round one, and then he done it. But anyway, um so I was just planning on going down, corner, staying in the hotel, keeping it quiet, and then coming up the road. Uh and obviously I never knew I had a fight at this point. Um And then, yeah, that was pretty much it. Uh, We went went, uh, back to the hotel. Um, I was like, fuck it, I'm gonna have a drink. Um, And that's the last thing I remember. (laughs) Apart from from waking up, I remember just waking up in the morning, like, holy shit, the night's over. Like, I've done that a few times. Like, I must just know know when to stop drinking. Like, you know, when you just wake up and the last thing you remember is, like, starting the night drinking i know it's that like a,
0: feeling well actually yeah so, so it's like
1: it's like i don't know if that blacking out i suppose just a blackout can't remember anything uh i looked beside me uh woke up look beside me there was stevie looked to the other side of me there was craig we we're all just <laughs> sleeping in the same bed fucking um and i was i, I can't remember what happened uh, uh <laughs> On the night out anyway, no, no in the fucking bed beside them. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, Justin I,
0: just, said,
1: because I, oh, I was just, I was just hammered, I was just fucking like, really drunk, and then obviously I, a week later I get asked to fight in the UFC in two weeks' time, and I'm like, shit." Uh, what was that, Sonny?
0: He said, not the best idea to not drink for six months and then down a bottle of Bucky.
1: <laughs> oh, I can't remember him doing that.
0: And then Justin yeah. Flanagan said, what about the week before the third Warburton fight and you decided to try a double backflip thing through the grip house after sparring?
1: Uh, what, what, uh, I think that was maybe, yeah. I'm one of the guys that you know if somebody says to try something, I just I've I, I had kind of no fear. Uh, I just try it. I think I eventually learned how to do a cartwheel and then a backflip and then a backflip again, and just kind of keep doing it. But I, I, I to be honest, I can't even remember how that turned out. If anything, <laughs> anything bad happened or what.
0: Callum Callum Murray says, doing a bit of skiing
1: in that bit. I don't know if you
0: saw our interview with him the other day, but (laughs) you've got a lot to live up to. He was hilarious.
1: (laughs) Hi, (laughs) quite.
0: He's a nutter. (laughs) Old Bundy. So, yeah, so after that fight, you then went on to the UFC. Seven and four in the UFC. Like, I just wanted to talk to you about your highs and lows. Um, I mean, I've, I've spoken to you before, and obviously, after the Felder fight, like you said, that uncertainty of not knowing whether you were going to be fighting for the UFC again. Like,
1: yeah, oh Christ, so it's been like I said, it's been an absolutely um roller coaster what's that oh it's um, <laughs> Justin, Justin
0: Catfish a, in catfishing in
1: have been a roller coasters fucking like a lot of highs a lot of lows like it's been good I've enjoyed it you know what like you know I'm, I'm proud and I'm kind of uh, happy for what I've done like achieved and you know I'm just a guy for Kerkori like a small town and I've made it to the biggest kind of uh, promotion in the world but I mean, running through it, trying not to be too long, but I mean, the very first fight, um, I was, I was in the middle of probably about to give up, um, before I got the UFC call, um, before it, I had moved to, I moved to Hart Hill, um, uh, near Whitburn because my training was in Whitburn. I lived in Kirkcudri, Fife. Uh, it was about a 45 minute drive to the gym, 45 minutes back. Like, so I kind of made the decision. I'm like, maybe it's better if I just move to training, you know, I'm training every night, Try and move closer. Uh, so I've done that, stayed there for a year. Um, Kind of, you know, it was good for training, but didn't like it, I didn't realize how miserable it was until I moved back and back with all my friends and family and everything like that. But yeah, I tried to make it work, didn't work. Moved back home. Uh, cage warriors were in the middle of like, no, uh, like going down the pan. Nobody knew what was happening. Um, they were like, I don't know if something had happened with like the people that funded it, or Mm. you know, it's like it was like down the drain. So I didn't know when I was getting a fight. I just moved back home. I was due my third kid. Uh, so I I had two kids at the time, Lyle and Millie, and I was uh, and Natalie was pregnant with Mila um she was due april was it april 15th she was due um and then obviously on my birth the day after my birthday march 26th i got a phone call um from my manager i remember i I mean i've probably spoke about before but i remember uh we were already speaking that same day me Tom, and james Asking if I would make a welterweight 77 kilo for a fight because James was like obviously trying to get me a fight elsewhere, just something to keep me busy and keep me kind of motivated. Uh he was like, Would you make welterweight in two weeks or three weeks or something? I was like, I didn't care, I'm I'm like eighty five kilo Um and then later that day my manager phones me, he's like, Could you could you make a lightweight in two weeks? And I was like, hey, No chance. I was like, no, nah, no chance I could do that. I was like, hell, what, what was that? He's like, hey, oh, you've been offered a fight uh, in Poland for the UFC, and I'm like walking about the house, absolutely buzzing, fucking throwing my clothes off, uh, <laughs> try, try uh, getting the scales out, checking my weight while I'm on the phone, and obviously I was like 85 and a half kilo or something, um, and then I asked, I asked. Uh, you know what it was was a contract. Eventually, told it was a contract. Took the fight, thinking I was going to miss weight, made weight, won the fight, got the stoppage. So, I that was buzzing. Uh, you know, I was one of my kind of highlights. Uh, managed to stop Martian Bandel. He was a, a well-known kind of leg leglock guy, mm. and I feel like I went. Just I feel like I went in there and smashed them. Really uh, dominated them. Um, got the win in Poland. Uh, then then I thought yeah, then then that was probably the highlight of my career. Uh, still the, I fought in Glasgow, the Hydro. Um again, first time I'd ever fought in the Hydro. Uh, there was like 13,000 Scottish fans. And I managed to get the first round knockout uh, win against Leonardo Mafra. And I had so many demons in my head before that fight. Uh you know, I was. I remember, like, I remember walking out. I had, Lord, I had, prob, I had like sciatica, um, lower back problems. Uh, I remember, like, trying to warm up, and I couldn't warm up because my back was so sore. I remember walking it to the fight, like, just that's what I was thinking. Like when I was walking out, I'm like, oh no, I'm not warm. My back's stiff. I can't, I can't throw any. I'm not gonna be able to throw any kicks, and I'm not gonna be able to move. And then when I went out there. The, the crowd just completely made me forget about it. Um, Everybody's cheering. Oh, it was crazy. Uh, still, I could picture it in my head right now, like walking it and hearing it. It's just unbelievable. Um, you don't I hear me screaming,
2: kick him in the dick. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I
1: didn't hear that. <laughs> but uh, what, what I did hear, though, is even, what I think is cool as well, even if you watch it back on the TV, like on Five Pass or whatever, you can hear... You can hear the chant, Stevie, 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 fucking Ray. Stevie Ray. Um, the whole crowd's singing that, and I think that's pretty, <laughs> pretty cool to watch that back and listen to that. But, aye, uh, I, I, I remember throwing kicks. I think I threw two kicks at the start of the fight because I'm, like, worried that, you know, I'm not warm. So, uh, I and anyway, I got the first round knockout, got the bonus, got the win. Fucking, oh, it was brilliant. Eh... Uh, Aye. After that, I went 3-0. I beat uh, I beat Mikael LeBouw. Kind of just I, I never even really got out first gear in that fight. I feel I just kind of played. I was getting a bit cocky, if you like. Uh, got the decision. I then got my surgeries after that in December. Fixed my knees. <sighs> Christ, then what was that?
0: Then... Uh, I can tell you because I got it all in front then
1: of I got me. And I'll lose, maybe.
0: Yeah, the Alan Patrick fight was
1: next. Oh, that, Christ, Snorfest. Fucking. Was anyone you laid on you? Took me down, he just took me down, and lied on me. It was, it was so awkward. It was so weird. Like, even on the feet, he was like, you know what it was like? It was like, fucking, some... somebody that hadn't even ever fought before got put in the cage. He was so like, I think not get wrong, he's skillful and he beat me um, but it's like he would It was just so weird, like ran at me and on the feet and just did so unorthodox stuff um, took me down and lied on me I almost almost. Uh, I had him in two dangerous positions so I almost armbarred him uh, round one, I probably had to fix some details to get the breaking pressure um, and then round two I had his back with a body triangle but it was my it was my bad side, and I never knew I had his arm trapped until I watched the the fight back. Uh, I had mm-hmm. his arm trapped as well, but uh, aye, that was crap. After that, then, oh, aye, because I remember I was devastated. Like obviously I lost my first fight in the UFC. Then I got a phone call uh, with a fight Ross Pearson um, as the co-main event in Belfast. Yeah. And, and obviously I'm up for any fight. I was like, I <laughs> hey, let's do it. Um, so done that, got the win, played it kinda of smart, hit and moved. Uh we knew that Pearson was a kind of power puncher. Again, mm-hmm. I was a fanny Pearson as well, I'd watched some of his fights. He likes to likes to bang. He's got a heavy hands. So I just followed James Dillon's uh game plan, hit and move. Uh and then also to throw head kick, throw punches and then a head kick after it, because he likes to slip the punches. So to try and make him slip on at my kick, which uh worked a few times. Got that one. What was after that?
0: Joe Lozon.
1: Joe Lozon. Aye, so again, got the big win against Ross Pearson. Then Joe Lozon, my, my US debut, fought in Nashville. Got that one. Uh, and Christ, that was a crazy fight. That was one of my highlights as well.
0: He's an absolute legend as well. And just like, I mean, well, you fought such. Uh, like there's just a ton of names that you could pick out as being like just so cool that you fought them but he's one of the the biggest ones for me
1: yeah and that's it. i was a huge fan of him he was a legend and yeah it was crazy to fight him and i I remember after the first round thinking fuck well yeah he is on another level Uh, (laughs) uh he took me down like and just beat the shit out of me. I, I remembered me the Scott Ward fight. Uh, when I fought a guy Scott Ward, that a lot of people were uh, always remember that fight. That was a crazy fight as well. But I Joe Lozon took me down, beat the shit out of me, punched me, kicked, uh, elbowed me in the face, and I took. I took a kind of big beam, and then, yeah, I think I came back one round two. Um, and round three, I kind of thought. I remember going into round three thinking this is a close fight. Uh even if I win this round, it could be a draw. Um depending on how it gets scored. Uh so I was like, fuck it. Let's just get fifty G's. Let's get fifty G's for fight of the night. Um um and I just remember I like going to I was hoping he was gonna bang back. I just put my hands down. Um Walked towards him started banging hoping he would bang back and it would just be a total slugfest but yeah he just kind of kept his hands up and took all the punishment but uh i which probably ended up making me win the fight yeah so uh,
0: and then the the Felder fight was next so i can see uh, where I can shit. see Next fight. why you, d- you just didn't think that, or your management didn't think that the UFC would let you go and why it didn't seem so dangerous to go into that fight, you know, knowing that,
1: that you'd be a free uh, agent afterwards. I've no excuses for that fight at all. Like I had one of my best training camps, I felt. Um, I remember James brought in some Thai boxers. Uh to the gym, i done a lot of kind of different sparring. Um, where oh, I can't remember all their names, but uh, Brian from uh, the Grip house, uh, I've totally forgot his second name, but uh, really good, uh what what's up?
0: Gallagher, no,
1: yeah. God. I can't remember if that's his name. Christ, I get hit in the head too many times. Someday I'll maybe pop up and say, but uh, um, I really good tie boxer for uh the grip was, he came in, done some rounds with me, I also got another guy, is it Adrian, uh, one of Danny Henry's old teammates, he came in to help me spar, aye, basically a brilliant training camp, I went into the fight, feeling good, uh, the only thing with that, is I maybe played Felder's game, a wee bit too much, I clinched a lot, um, aye, Brian Totty, that's that, Brian Totty, um, aye, I, I don't know if it's because, I focused so much on, a uh, the kind of tie, tie stuff um, that I then ended up playing kind of his game. Like, yeah. I, knee- I got knee in the chin, that was the start of it from the clinch. Um, I was kind of in a half tie clinch, half wrestling uh, clinch, and he just came up through a left knee to my chin, hit me on the chin, and then that's that was the kind of start to the end. Uh, I don't think the referee knew, but I think I was kind of half unconscious. Um, I remember lying on my back well I don't remember to be honest but I only remember because I watched it back mm. uh, my legs were above my head and I'm half out. and then I've kind of woke up and um, and another mistake that i have done uh, I would say a lot of the camp I was doing uh, jiu-jitsu again my fault for not putting like gloves on doing focusing too much on jiu-jitsu stuff so I remember I remember, Kenny, this part of it. I was underneath in half-guard and I, hit, I was able to hit a reverse De La back take quite good. i done it in a grappling comp, but there's, there's a good video of that. I reverse De La Riva, I take the back um, and then I, I choked that guy out in the grappling comp, pinned his arm and that was quite a cool video. But anyway, uh, I tried to do that against Felder. I remember, you, you maybe didn't see me going to do that because it I never got quite as far as that. But I'm trying mm. to go under his legs, forgetting to protect my face for obviously shots, and he just came down, smashed me with like an elbow, and then another one, I think, two elbows, and I obviously put me out. Gave me gave me a wee scar here somewhere. One of my one of my scars. But aye, that fight was shit. Got caught with a knee. Um I felt good in the clinch too. That's the thing. I actually felt like I was winning the clinch. Mm. Um, I've not watched that fight back, and I've maybe only watched that fight maybe twice. Uh, I've not watched that in a long time. I'm going to need to watch it back and uh, see what kind of happened before that. But yeah, that was crap. I was all depressed. First time I'd been majorly depressed in my life. Uh, I remember like lying in my bed, not wanting to get, get out of bed. I just felt like shit. One, I was no in contract with the UFC anymore, and I realized that I was maybe not gonna get another contract. And two, I'd just been knocked out in Scotland. Knocked out for the first time in my life. And it was in Scotland in front of everybody. Uh aye, that was no very good. But uh, life goes on. Uh yeah I my jam and all that. That said, who was after Felder again? Was that Cajun Johnson? Yeah. All yeah, right. So that fight. Again, Cajun, I like Cajun. Uh, I used to ch- train him at Tristar. I gave him a wee bit too much respect as well. because He had
0: so much hype behind him at that time, didn't he? <laughs> like yeah, He was well, huge.
1: You, you know what? I trained with him at Tristar and I knew how, was go- how good his jiu-jitsu was. Mm. He was really good jiu-jitsu. He had really good leg locks. Um, and I, I didn't know why. I just I was so adamant that he was going to come in and try and take me down. Maybe just because of that, like maybe I sub subbed me at TriStar once or, or something like that and, you know, I just assumed he was going to come and take me down. I remember my coach just constantly telling me he's going to hit and he's going to run. He's going to run loads. He's, he does it every fight. But I do not know. I just, I was adamant he was going to come to, forward with me. And uh, all right, James was right. He done what he said he was going to do. Mm. Uh, and I it was quite a frustrating fight. Like, I couldn't really hit him. Uh, he never really hit me. It's the one fight that I've I've had a fight and I literally felt like I've not been in a fight at all. I had a wee bit of a sore calf. But uh aye, that was rubbish. I kind of pissed off at myself for that fight, actually, because I know I could have won that fight. Uh, but aye, he's a good guy and he is a good fighter. Yeah. I mean, he's fight after me, I think he fought... Rustam Kabilov. Um he lost that, and then he got cut. But mm. I remember watching that fight at the time, thinking he had won. Uh, and he fought, he fought really good against him. He went forward and attacked more as well. Because uh, I remember thinking, "Fuck, you should have fought me like that. Would have <laughs> been, would have been better." <laughs> but, uh, right, then, then who was it after Cajun. Then I won. Oh, right, then it was a Yari. Then it was the fucking yeah. man. My- Manisha, yeah, um, yeah that, that was the first time I'd done kind of most in my camp, or all, yeah, the kind of end of my camp at uh, Tristar. Um, so yeah, camp was good, apart from obviously the knee problems and whatever. Um I, I went in there, I didn't perform that good against against the Yari, I should, probably should have took him down. And you know what, a lot of my career uh most of the guys will know in the gym like if i get on top of you in the gym um you're in kind of trouble uh for mma rounds anyway um but i don't know why i, I didn't really do any takedowns in, in my ufc career uh most of it was on the feet um whereas my style was a wee bit i like to get on top you know ground the pound and, and yeah. as well i feel like that's probably the best part of my game now, my jiu-jitsu.
0: This is, this is a good question from Rab Truesdale. Are you staying in the USADA testing <laughs> pool just in case or are you going to go mental and take all the drugs?
1: no <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> not before it. Uh, nah, USADA's, um, USADA's already... Took me off the pool or whatever. Uh, I got I got an email the other day saying that that's me being removed. So yeah, just a couple of days ago I was still in the testing pool for for maybe the last kind of few months. Um, but that's me knowing it now. Um, tempt tempting to get on all the gear and get huge, but again I think I'm just hitting the gym. Hitting the gym anyway, that's pretty much all I've been doing for the last six weeks going to the gym and pumping the weights. Uh, I don't
0: even know. I'm guessing this is Scottish terminology. (laughs) Peter, it's better read out in your voice.
1: Yeah, you got no
2: scants you got no scans on.
1: Oh that. What the new?
2: Hey, when you drop your phone.
1: (laughs) Is this
0: all in one loungewear?
1: Ah, uh, that's as uh, kind of pair. Act. It's not an all-in-one shorts and t-shirt, but they're both matching. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're fitting down here. That's an Essex thing—a little co set. <laughs> we all one? Uh, let, let's finish off because we were getting towards the end, and I wanted to to talk about uh yeah. There was the Leonardo Santos fight and then, obviously, Michael Johnson, which was, like, probably the most impressive win of your career. Definitely the biggest name. Um, And you looked incredible in that fight. You really did. And that's what I think makes it all the harder to... Yeah, so,
1: <laughs> so just, just kind of finishing on the Yari fight, then, I would just say, uh, yeah, I, just, I remember, like, throwing uh, inside leg kicks Um, and I was kind of moving he was quite a big guy he was a lot bigger than me naturally a lot bigger he used to fight at welterweight at a big frame and I kind of expected him to move back I I expected him to be on the back foot um, because when he fought Darren Tell he was like running a lot he was was on the back foot but against me he just pressured so forward and um, and again, I probably should have grappled against him or something. Uh I mean I got the win, that's the most important part, but he's the one that made it boring. Um, like again, I like him, he's a good guy and stuff, but and he probably knows it himself. He didn't he thrown nothing. He was maybe yeah. he was coming towards me. Yeah, he was pressuring me, but and he landed some good shots. He did throw some stuff. But you know, like I was hitting move in it. And I just kept throwing then, so I kind of became like a guy fucking that only knew one move, because uh, I just kept I just kept leg kicking him, and he wasn't checking it. So I'm like, I'm just gonna keep kicking you. Um, and yeah, I got a bit too kind of happy with that. I should have mixed it up a bit more, but uh, I just smashed his legs to bits. So. Um, he he wasn't engaging, so. That kind of ended up a bit boring, that fight. That was
0: the fight with the weird commentary as well, I remember that fight for, just like... Uh,
1: they were, like, being a bit biased towards him, like, stalking me and whatever else. Yeah, uh, and
0: I, I, I just felt like they were watching a different fight to me. Yeah.
1: Uh, and then, eh... Uh, Aye, then obviously Santos. That was another shape fight. <laughs> <laughs> Just one of those things like again I got offered Leonardo Santos. I've never ever declined anybody at the UFC I've ever offered me as soon as they offered me a fight then they're up, yeah, let's do it there's never a question whether I should take it or not um yeah. so yeah I took that fight and I think a lot of people had actually like declined that fight because because it was one of the he's one of those guys that wasn't totally well known um to the whole world, anyway. Um, but he was like six and all in the UFC. Yeah. I think he was six and all. Um, he's uh he had beat guys like Kevin Lee. Um, he wasn't really getting the recognition he maybe deserved. Uh, he was one of Jose Aldo's kind of main training training partners. Uh, and he was huge. I didn't realize how big he was. He's was like six foot. It says he's six foot, but he looks about six too. Um, uh, Yeah, really big lightweight. Uh, World champion jiu-jitsu, so I was obviously worried about going to the ground. Uh, And I fucking dissed me and put my legs out. (laughs) Uh, And it's just one of the hounds shit happens, you know what I mean? He's a fighter. Uh, Mm -hmm. Anything can happen sometimes, even though it was unexpected. Like, Uh, most people probably thought if he was going to beat me, he was going to sub me. Um, Aye. And again, that fight, I felt good apart from obviously the fucking usual shitty knee problems. Yeah. Um, Aye, just got caught. And then, again, feeling a bit rubbish after that fight. And this this is the weird thing. This is when I start thinking the UFC was probably trying to get rid of me um, at this point because obviously... After the fights, I'm always like, you know, my knee's fucked. I've had four different surgeries through the UFC that they've paid for. Um, I've had loads of different knee appointments to get injections, to get consulted I've had MRIs. And, you know, it all cost a lot of money. So I'm, um, I think they were maybe wanting to shot at me at this point um, because I just find it a bit weird that I get knocked out from Leonardo Santos and then they offered me Michael Johnson like yeah. a huge a huge fight a big huge name Um but I nah, obviously ruined their plans a bit because uh, I think they maybe gave me that fight hoping I would lose uh, but again I could be wrong maybe maybe they never really Um hi uh and that fight I mean that fight was uh, brilliant the whole kind of and uh, um the trip over and stuff but i going back to the fight camp fight camp was shit the whole uh, whole fight camp rubbish i mean i was going swimming a lot of the time i would text james i'm not making it in the day my knee's big i can't really afford to make it worse so what i'll do is i'll go swimming uh i might done that good what 10 times the whole camp went swimming instead of going doing jiu-jitsu and wrestling and striking and mma missed a lot of sparring made it worse um and then i remember two weeks before the fight i remember like sitting on my couch icing my knee and whatever or this is maybe three weeks before the fight Uh, i was all depressed thinking i was gonna have to pull out the fight and then I, yeah, I phoned, got an appointment with Fraser Wade, the orthopedic surgeon. He, yeah. he then said, that's when he said, I can give you a cortisone injection to help you get through the fight. But he's like, again, it's only a short-term fix. Hopefully it helps you get through the fight, and then, boom, your knee will be fucked again. Um, and that's pretty much what happened. He got It got me through the fight. I managed to... Uh, make it there after a crap kind of and uh yeah got the one um so going into the fight talking about the fight about i remember round one i'm i thought around i thought a one round one i'm like you know what i think that's maybe my round uh i remember asking james he said oh i don't know he he said to me that it could could have been either way could be his round don't know um and round two this is when we all fucked up uh because james james thought that johnson was going to get slower uh during the fight and it was maybe because he never came out so fast in the first round like i feel like i was able to i, I feel like i was able to kind of match his speed or, or at least counter him when he hit me which, what we planned to do you know Hit him every time he hits me so i feel like we we managed to do that I threw a lot of leg kicks in round one. Um and uh yeah, round two he came out a hundred mile an hour. I was like, f- I remember <laughs> making, fuck. I remember how, he's so no fucking slow down, he's fast as shit. <laughs> uh,
0: you quite often hear coaches say in the corner, like he's he's tired, he's got nothing left, he's gassed, and you're looking over thinking. I'm not sure about
1: that. And, uh, that's it. So, well, it wasn't until it came out. It came out so fast. I remember thinking, "Fucking hell!" He like came out a hundred miles an hour. Uh, like I just couldn't believe how fast he fell. And I'm like, "Shit!" So, and then obviously it started taking its toll. I had, I mean, I've watched it back a few times. Um, I landed some really good shots on him, even in round two. But round that? two was definitely his. He done a lot of damage. I think he cut me. Uh I don't know if you'll see the scar. I've got a scar somewhere. Um is that yeah, there. Kinda. Of, um so yeah, he cut me open round two. That was his round. Uh and then round three was kind of back and forth a wee bit at the start of the round, and I, I knew it was maybe one round apiece. Uh and just yeah, I remember, I remember I think I tried to take him down a few times. I don't know if I tried to take him down before round three. I think I did. But yeah, I tried to take him down a couple of times or once in round three and his sprawl was so fast. Like, I got nowhere near his hips. I tried to, <laughs> and I'm like, fucking hell, he's <clears throat> down defences. And we knew it was going to be. I mean, Khabib even struggled to take him down. Um, yeah. And, uh, and then I just, luckily, I got the perfect kind of shot. He sprawled on the when I when I hit the double leg, he sprawled, <laughs> and then I turned the corner and managed to kind of take him down and get him trapped against the fence, and then I got my happy place, the body triangle. Anybody that trains with yeah. me knows that if I get the body triangle on you, you're fucked. Hey, so, i'm um, <laughs> with
0: you there. I,
1: I do a wee thing where I don't know. It's maybe my legs are perfect for this move as well because it's like when I get it, so tight. Um, but I do a wee variation of the body triangle where instead of putting my my leg on the outside leg, I put my leg on the inside leg. Um, and I do that purposely. Um, again, I, I could do a lot of stuff. It. I could do like a kind of variation of the twister. Um, or I can flatten the mount, mount them, and stuff like that. So, uh I I managed to get that in the fight and i remember i thinking just there was only maybe a what was it, a few minutes to go or something i remember just thinking like just try and punch him as many times as you can to make sure you win this round
0: yeah
1: and i, and I thought if you win this round you've probably won the fight so uh, yeah so i obviously i forgot to the finish then then it's a bonus but yeah Then that's that nice singapore was uh, one of the best places i've visited as well like unbelievably clean, uh, amazing place. Uh Aye, as so like all the different kind of places I've got to visit and the ups, the downs. The uh, it's been it's been a crazy. Uh, what I think five years I've been in the UFC. Five, five. And five a half years. Or yeah. Aye. So. Uh, so and it's just the
0: what's the pinnacle The best yeah your favorite
1: uh, moment I think my favorite moment was the first uh, Scotland fight again yeah. I, I've got like a it's like a surreal surreal moment I just remember the crowd like me winning getting the stoppage getting like a knockout in front of like that was a that was an unbelievable experience like jumping on the cage and just seeing everybody roar for me and oh that was unbelievable yep uh all right so i would have to say that even though obviously you know Joe Lozon's up there michael johnson's up there that yeah. was my, that was the kind of moment in my career i would say that that I kind of remember the most.
0: Amazing. Kieran Reid wants to know if you're up for I'm a Celebrity. <laughs> I,
1: can, I, I do whatever. <laughs> I, I, I would be that. Maybe help my diet. Think, Christ, yeah, I, I think
0: fighters that. would be pretty good at that though, because they're used to like being really hungry on a weight cut and. You know, competitive in the challenges, I think you'd do really good.
2: Oh, I Con- it's actually rumored for Conor McGregor's actually rumored to be on the next series.
1: Yeah. Uh, I've heard that. Aye. So that's the thing. If they're looking for somebody like Conor McGregor that's maybe gonna go on, they're not gonna want me. Uh but I, it'd be cool though. Um It'd be cool to do that. I'd be up for it. Uh I'd probably be a crab at bastard if I had to die. Especially especially if you've seen my diet recently.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: That's I'm not no uh, I started all right, you know, I started alright, but uh, I'm starting to get a bit beefy now. Uh, is this
0: true you were trying to apply for Big Brother when he was trying to go to sleep at UFC London.
1: okay. Ah, I've applied for it. I've applied for it before though. So. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I can't see that Conor McGregor's gonna do. I'm a celebrity, like for fifty grand, when like all the Is following. Yeah. The He's fighting no. Manny Pacquiao for.
2: There's, some of them have been paid a million quid that, and that, the bigger ones, the big American ones, have right. gotten. In.
0: Yeah. Oh, so do, he wouldn't be on it here then?
2: No, fucking no, I'm saying the American ones they've head over here. They give him half a million, three quarters of a million. Some of them get real good okay. money. Yeah.
0: Mm.
1: Sign me up! I'll fucking do it.
0: <laughs> nothing nothing that will interfere with his knees though kieran Reid also said if you're sparring with stevie it's just boxing because his knees fucked
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, that's that. that that's what it was that's what it's been for the last and that and that's the thing you know what like they get me wrong like there's a lot of kind of ups and downs and pros and cons with fighting like i've done it for like i said 12 years so not just the injury that kind of makes me happy that I've retired. like, there's a lot of other like, it's a hard life. So anybody that's yeah. looking to pursue and being a fighter, like I go for it. Of course, there's a lot of kind of good stuff. Like you can make a lot of money, and if you make it big time, and uh, if you talk like McGregor, you can get uh, some really good paydays or whatever. But there's a lot of kind of downsides to it as well. I don't want to be too negative, but obviously when you're a fighter like it's hard to enjoy your life as in yeah. you know the amount of times my friends have asked me to like come and do this and and it doesn't even just have to be drinking it could even be like you know one of my friends has said like oh I'm going to book a, a log cab and me my missus and the kids you you Natalie and the kids wanting to come and I'm like nah cuz I might have a fight yeah. Uh, it's always that i might have a fight or or i do have a fight or i'm waiting to hear if i've got a fight i can't do yeah. it sometimes i would get one sometimes i wouldn't and um I, and then again they'd be like oh you're coming to my stag uh and i'm like no because i think that's when ufc london is and uh, yeah. i think i'm going to be on it and, and then i was on it and fucking aye. Right, so it's just hard to you know, go out and actually enjoy your life. Um, a bit, uh, like I, yeah. I've enjoyed the whole career, my life, and everything I've achieved. And you know, I, I've managed to get like some nice stuff, uh, and enjoy myself along the way. But like I said, there's a lot of kind of cons and having to diet all the time. And like, uh, it's just, uh, it's good to be able to eat what I want and I was 90 kilos this morning. So. <laughs> what
0: are you aiming me for, for me? what are you getting
1: up to i've just been uh eating whatever i want
0: oh rab true said those <laughs> eyebrows are bang on mate do you do them yourself
1: it's quite hard to work this camera it's like if i go left it goes right so,
0: oh it's yeah you know, mirror it's, it's really clean.
1: off-putting uh, um natalie really done them <laughs>
0: Uh,
1: They're looking smart. Uh, oh, she what waxed my eyebrows. Then the next thing she's got them fucking sure she got a big bit of wax on my eyelash, <laughs> and I was like, so. And then I thought, all oh, my eyelashes. Then she's like, oh. Then she's like, going to let me do your arse. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I'm like, get the fuck. <laughs> she, fucking, she done it. Did you have it done? Chest. She done it to my chest the other week. Well, I ended up letting her do a wee bit of it that night. <laughs> but, but, that's oh, all guys. the
0: rage down here. Is, that, is back sack and crack not popular in <laughs> Scotland? That's, a,
1: well, that's well very common anyway. down here. i <laughs> let, her, let her do one wee bit and that was that. <laughs>
0: Peter, I, mi- I missed a comment there because we were talking, but it was about um, Sean Clancy Jr., if you've still got that one. Um, Stevie, will Sean Clancy Jr. go all the way to the UFC?
1: Definitely, because he managed to submit me for the first time just the other week. In the buggy uh,
0: choke.
1: What's that? Uh, it was, With the buggy, uh, buggy choke. Uh, he introduced me to the buggy choke. never seen that in my life. <laughs> it's meant... It's a real hang, like he said he never made it up. He said he found it like he's seen it online or whatever. But uh I couldn't believe it. Like I hadn't trained with him in a while. Um and obviously I, I knew he was improving. Uh it was just jiu-jitsu we were doing. So I think I've like passed his guard or something and been in side control. Um and he froze up his legs and, and I'm thinking, What are you doing? Uh and, and I remember it just thinking fucking I'm like, what's this Egypt then? And, try, and then then I'm like, wait a minute, this is fucking choking me a bit. Um <laughs> and then I was like this is getting tighter. Uh and I just thinking, like there's no way he's gonna submit me for underneath psych control. Um uh, and then I <laughs> right enough he got me. Uh and after that I was thinking that was fucking lucky. That like that was uh, that was a. Uh, That was just a one-off. I'm never get like I'm not gonna let you catch me with that again. And then right enough, you fucking done me with it again. Uh, I couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe that like I couldn't stop it. Um, (laughs) Ah, that was rad. I tried to do it. I think I need longer legs and or longer arms. I'm flexible enough to do it, but I don't think I've got the arm reach. Uh, there's
0: there's a real skill to watching something online and and like just being able to to figure it out and put it together and and like just start catching people with it and i know that's how bryce mitchell like was with the twister and you know he just said he watched it on an eddie bravo tutorial and then just started practicing it in the gym and then obviously got it in the ufc but
1: definitely there's if you spent, if you actually like spent some time and studying on YouTube, and that, there's loads of stuff you can learn, and not even just BJJ, you could probably fucking learn it. You could probably become a doctor by watching YouTube. <laughs> uh, there's that. There's that much shit now. No joke. That, uh, I'm surprised, like you know, social media and YouTube is not just put so many different companies in the tubes. Like Physio, for example, you can go on YouTube and get so many yeah. different physio stuff and yeah it's just really crazy what's on the net these days
0: i never even do the exercises that my real life physios give me so i doubt i'm gonna go and track down someone on there but there we go um before we let you go i wanted to talk to you about another teammate uh luke shanks obviously won the flyweight title <laughs> at cage warriors this weekend like an amazing achievement for the gym. Just, was it six titles that James Doolan has is, is, um, won in the gym. gym? Yeah, yeah, like amazing. So, I yeah, just wanted to ask you what you felt because it, I I don't think I've ever seen such a pasting in in a title fight like that.
1: Yeah, I remember watching it watching. I was getting frustrated. I'm like fucking like I was watching. <laughs> I'm like there's a fucking armbar right there and the <laughs> like. There's only 30 <laughs> seconds to go, so I'm like, fucking arm bar, like, great. But, <laughs> and, uh, I can't remember what round it was, it was maybe like the third round, he was in a kind of, he was in high mount, and the arm was yeah. there, I'm like, go for it, there's only 30 seconds left anyway. Uh But aye, and then uh, I remember when he kind of got the back, I'm like, oh, here comes, he's trying to steal my, my body triangle. Because... Uh, <laughs> uh, I obviously I, I helped look at the start of the fight camp, you know, uh, mm. way back uh, when I was training. Um, did some pads with him and you know rolled with him a lot, trained and uh, but aye, it was good. What well, the only thing I was worried about is I think he had cut cut quite a lot of weight um, for a right. flyweight. I'm sure he cut like twenty pounds um, of water, which is a lot uh, uh, for a flyweight. Uh, I've never even ever cut 20 pounds um, of water anyway. Um, so I was worried he was going to like blow his load, kind of thing, like gas out. But I, some performance, like just went in, dominated the guy. Uh, that guy looked pretty uh, um, athletic and fast on the feet though. When it was on the feet, oh, yeah. you need to uh, stay out of kicking range. I was thinking either get in his face, boxing range, or or get on the floor. Uh, but aye, just real dominance performance. And and to think that that other guy was the champion. Um, yeah. And then Luke's came in and just kind of smashed him. Uh, aye. Luke's, I, I always feel like I could tell if a fighter's going to go a long way. Like I remember, this sounds daft, but I remember seeing Danny Henry um, at Cage Combat. Uh, like, <laughs> this was This was my second ever fight. I remember watching him like in the dressing room, I think, or, or even watching his fight. And I was just like, he looks like the real deal. He's, I think, he's gonna go far. And then it's crazy. I'm in the UFC world. Uh and then I when I looked at, you know, when I seen Luke in the gym and uh, yeah. like for him being a flyweight, like the the str- strength he's got and the kind of scrambles, um, I so I thought the same with him. Uh, so I it's good that, and you know what, he should get signed to the UFC. Then now, um. Yeah, um, he just beat Petra Manga. Uh I think he's what was his record actually? Is it like seven and one or something? Um,
0: Luke, yeah. yeah, seven and one, I think. seven
1: one, something like that. But uh, I beat Menga who was like one of the kind of uh, hottest prospects, and mm. I think he got signed to UFC and then released for some sort of issues, but maybe missing weight or something. But Aye, Luke smashed him and then obviously smashed the champ. And, uh, aye.
0: Yeah. So, Scott's saying that he was the main sparring partner for him in his camp and thinks he's improved him as well. So, I mean, that's some accolade coming from Scott Malone.
1: Aye, that's that Scott Malone's been coming up to higher level. And, and again, like, to, I think you could even just see, like, you know, the the improvements that Scott made, uh and obviously winning his fight as well and probably just having the confidence of having James in the corner as well. Like yeah. uh, it does it does a hang I think having James there and, and you know what? Like when uh, when Scott was coming to us, you know, coming I know it's a trek. Like he lives in Dundee, so it's it's like an hour and a half drive I think or something. Um, yeah, to get there. But you know that that's what makes the difference. Um you know, when he's coming down and he's training with, you know, me, Danny Henry, Luke Shanks, um, Stevie Mop, Callum Murray, like, yeah, so many I could go on. Um uh, but it's also, like but,
0: you said, about the sacrifices of a fighter, you know. It's a- not just what happens in the cage. It's the fact that, you, you know, pretty much everyone you've spoken about, like, has, has got families as well, and yet they're still trying to fit in. It's not just the training. this he's getting the best training in that you can and how much What's travel that? that'll involve or you going off to try stuff, <laughs> or you know just it's, it's there's a lot of sacrifices along the way
1: well that's what i mean it paid off for him and I, I see it all the time i see it in other other kind of gyms like i'm watching like fighters that are like high level um really yeah. high level and and you're You're seeing them post up photos. You know they've just done their sparring and their training. You're no disrespect to any other clubs or whatever, and you're looking at the sparring partners, and it's like amateur fighters, um, yeah. And 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 fighters half their weight class. Um, and I just think like fair play, but I just think if if you keep if you went to a gym that's that's got you know people that are at the same level as you, then it's just Mm. like I had to do that, and that's why I'm saying it. When I first started MMA, I trained at edge MMA and I'll be forever thankful for what them and Jim McElvey done for me. Um, you know, he taught me all the basics of jiu-jitsu and whatever, but it became a time and a place where I was having to bring in Thai boxers or, well, I was actually going to them. I was going to a Thai boxing club, a boxing club, a BJJ club and edge MMA um, until I eventually moved to higher level. Uh, when they first moved and Whitburn and if I didn't do that I wouldn't have even got to the UFC um never mind being able to stay and, and like I said like you know train with killers and and you become a killer and even if you're already really good if you're training with people that are like just as good as you or better on a daily basis it's only going to make you better
0: so um, true yeah
1: it's the same with Luke <clears throat> Shanks you know when he first came to us to look how much he's improved when he first came to us. Like, he was already a good fighter, obviously, but the difference now um, to, to when he first came is just crazy. Um, and then there's loads of fighters, I can say that with Danny yeah. Emery's another one, you know, he used to train at Headhunters, good gym or whatever, and he was a good fighter, but like the levels that he's went up since coming to higher level. Uh, mm-hmm. So I right, basically what I'm saying is just leave your gym, come to higher level, and young.
0: Uh, <laughs> Become a and, UFC fighter. Uh, or,
1: or Braveheart MMA. Or I Braveheart be, MMA. i come to me now, that's
0: it. <laughs> so I know you said Luke Shanks is ready for the UFC and deserves to be there, and I I'd, I'd agree with you, but after seeing that whole card, I would really like to see a title defence against Jake Hadley, because that was just like it was a bit of an an epic night wasn't it for the flyweights and i i would like to to see that one i think that would be a real fun fun yeah, fight that, that's the guy Depends. that's the
1: guy that won by uh, knockout wasn't it he won yeah yeah i i he looks uh, looks good he looks quite big um he's a self-paw um so um aye, if that fight happens i could probably come along uh even though i'm retired come and help uh Look at kinda of some tactics and uh, stuff. Um, me being a self-paw as well, um, mm-hmm. Luke being a self-paw. So um, I, the game completely changes. Like if you're if you're a self-paw and you're fighting orthodox, obviously you've got all the kind of wee sneaky stuff that you can do against a, an orthodox the outside foot. You know certain kind of moves. Um, but and then self stuff. I when you're fighting another <laughs> self but you did not really get that a lot. Self-ball mm. versus self-ball, like there's just so many. Everything becomes different. Um, so yeah, it's interesting. But that guy looks like he's got really good hands. And yeah, a good
0: guy. yeah. No, that'd be a fun fight, I think. Um, oh, help him with his diet, Stevie. I'm not helping oh. him cut twenty pounds again.
2: <laughs>
0: Sounds like that was brutal oh. then. Oh. I no, can't believe no even that after seeing him, like, have that five-round utter See, domination, like...
1: You know what? He probably would have fucking missed weight if he never had me on his back every week. <laughs> uh, no joke, because even going back, like, ten weeks ago, um, I remember he's, like, telling me he's trying this diet and... Uh, Oh, he's playing with the fast, and he was playing with fast, and a wee bit. Yeah, I'm just gonna fast, and and then like then he never fasted. He's like gave up the fast and he's <laughs> eating this. And then he's like, yeah, I'm gonna do these meals and fucking. And then I see him eating carrot cake and uh or, or was it cheesecake? I yeah, he was eating cheesecake and oh, yeah, that, and then he's like, yeah, but that's the only thing I'm gonna eat today. Now anyway. I've ate this cheesecake and that's it. I'm not gonna eat. And oh, he done some mad things this fight camp. Uh, yeah, and then I think he'd done some uh, keto meals, keto meals with his meal prep company and that. But yeah, I was worried to be honest. I, like it was quite heavy. Um, a few weeks of it, and I don't think his diet's oh, I'm the sure best. I love
0: being out on the MMA KLA show.
1: <laughs> but, but to be fair, he made weight like a champ, and he performed five rounds. That, uh yeah. I, I was worried for that, but yeah, he went out and smashed that So, Um (laughs) Oh my god. He waited
0: till James fell asleep, crawled along the floor, and stole an orange during the night.
1: (laughs) I can imagine James having a fucking having a heart attack with that. Justin did...
0: oh go on, sorry, gone.
1: Sorry, what's that? I've done a few cuts with people. His last one with Menga was hilarious. That really took me on the edge. I was just gonna say, I hey, James is a pure para when it comes to like when you've made weight, like because sometimes it's like the night before you've made weight or the morning off, but you still got yeah. two hours, still got two hours to the weigh-in. So, um, so obviously, if you're like, I think one time I went as low as one hundred and fifty-three and a half and a half pounds by mistake. So I'd cut a wee bit much and then I'm like, right, that means I can drink this and I can drink that and eat this. And he's like, no, no, just eat or drink nothing. Just That's it. Like, he's just worried that I'm going to obviously end up being too heavy again. But what you do is if you've made weight and you're light, like let's say I'm 154 pounds um, and I'm allowed to be 156. So yeah. all you need to do to make sure that you literally can't go wrong is weigh yourself with whatever you're going to have, so stand on the scale with the thing you're going to have, so if it's a bottle of Lucozade, just hold the bottle of Lucozade in your hand stand on the scale, and it, you literally can of go heavier, like um, in that short period of time anyway, so if, if it's 500 mil, you stand on it, and you're 154 and a half and then, right, hold two bombs hold three bottles, until it's like obviously just maybe 155 and a half and uh, Aye. Oh, one <laughs> one time actually, i just remembered there while we're speaking a bit weight on What fight was this now? Um, this was was this the Johnson fight or either the Johnson fight or the Santos fight? I can't really remember. Um, but what? Wo- so I'd made weight. Um, I'd made weight the night before. Uh, because because when they changed that the UFC to you know like. And uh, steady like four o'clock weigh-ins of the day, so I would normally like cut a little bit the night before, but and then wake up and do the wake-up the morning of the the weigh-ins. But then the change that weigh-ins were like nine a.m., so you didn't get a lot of time. You know, if you wake up late yeah. and you've got, you can end up missing weight. So I like to sometimes just make weight the night before, go to sleep, kind of knowing mm-hmm. that you're on weight. You're not gonna get a crap sleep worrying if you're gonna make weight. Um, so I I usually. Cut to like one fifty seven, um, the night before, cause then I know I would like wake up on weight usually, yeah. And uh, I woke up through the night, um, and and I, I was I must have been half asleep. I fucking woke myself up while I was downing a two liter bottle of my electrolyte drink, cause I'd oh made it the God. night before. I just made like I basically make a high a hydration drink that's got like water, yeah. salt, honey, and lemon and whatever. Um, and I was absolutely down in it. Um, I think I drank about a liter. Um, yeah. Then, then like I woke up. I woke up like while I was drinking it. I'm like, fuck. What am I doing? Um, and I told James. Oh. He's like, No, you've no. No, you've no. Fuck's sake. Uh, I, I, I weighed myself, and fuck, I was over again. I was like, I think I went to 159 pounds or something, or 158 oh and a God. half. But luckily, managed to still like just not have to do too much the next morning. But yeah, uh, that was a bit of a scare. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> um, um no.
0: one more um, uh, one more teammate that I wanted to ask you about before I let you go. Um, I wanted to ask you about Callum Murray, who's uh, we mentioned him earlier. But he's got his fighting brave coming up this week. Um.
1: How'd you see that one go in? Uh, so I Callum's got a bit of kind of unorthodox style, both on the feet and on the ground. Um again, he's got a bit of a kind of taekwondo background, so he's kind of still got that a wee bit. And and that t- to be honest, that's when he's he's really good at it. Like he closes the distance really good uh, with his punches. Um I kinda of stole some stuff up, off him, to be honest. Uh, and yeah, he's sidekick, he sidekicks like he's got the best sidekick I've ever sparred. It's so frustrating. Like just multiple sidekicks um to, to the belly. Uh <laughs> um and, and again, oh he hit, like he's got a really good hook kick. Um yeah, because he mixes he mixes the sidekick and the hook kick. So cause it both looks the same. So some side kick, yeah, he'll you he'll sidekick you in the belly. And then, and then he'll hook kick you and you'll think it's a side kick coming. I remember uh, it's the best head kick anybody's probably ever hit me. And to be fair, it never really rocked me or that um, for some reason. But it was like, the best way to describe it was like, imagine I've got like a big fish in my hand, um, like here. And he just and just slapped it across my face. <laughs> Fucking, that's what it felt like, I remember. Just the it was like the bottom of his foot just slapped the side of my face and i didn't see it coming at all but uh yeah and then on the ground like he's got such a bendy style that i've even stole off on my wee bit as well you know some of a uh, kind of rubber guard the uh, meat hook kind of stuff um that again i think like sometimes i think he maybe goes away for that stuff uh because like, you're forever learning new stuff. But I think, yeah. when he's kind of, I think when he's sticking with that sort of stuff and the stuff he's good at, he's just an absolute nightmare. Uh, yeah. So I could see him. I didn't know much about his opponent. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, I'd imagine, I'd say Callum's best thing is his jiu-jitsu. Um, so I'd imagine I'm getting a takedown and getting a submission.
0: Yeah. Said, well, I know that he had to get three flights and I think it was 20 hours in duration altogether just to get to Bahrain. So um, oh,
2: we're Christ. excited
0: to see him put on a show. And actually, James Doolan was going to be joining us for this show, but he's had to go and sort a load of stuff out. Now, this story, Stevie, I made you tell on the last show when somebody commented.
1: No, he was right? see that right it was the day I'm sure it was the day before Natalie's birthday (laughs) the day before Natalie's birthday and I'm not even joking see that many people that I see that maybe look like that guy and I'm just looking I'm like what's it (laughs) doing I'll get that guy back one day I'll get that guy back just for the record I didn't buy gold but I got Totally conned.
0: <laughs> totally conned. So, if you really totally want to see conned. the story, go back and watch my last interview with Stevie, where he told <laughs> the whole thing. But <laughs>
1: absolutely.
0: I hope the day that you do see him and, and somebody pays for what happened, it actually is the right guy.
1: <laughs> oh, to be honest, I'd be scared of what I'd even do. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think the old Stevie Ray would come out on me. Um, <laughs> A, a lot of the times I've been angry before or whatever, I, I think, oh, I, I can't do that. You know, I'll get sacked for the UFC, but I've not got that to hang about now. So anybody <laughs> pisses me off these days, they're getting fucking, they're getting uh, their teeth knocked it.
0: <laughs> well, we saw you get the bikes back recently. <laughs> uh, that's, was uh, it your kids' bike that got stolen?
1: Yeah, it was the kids' bikes. Uh yeah, that was crazy as well. I just I remember fucking someday, hearing someday at my front doors, and I and I I heard the bike. I heard like a bike getting pedalled. I just fucking jump up, ran out, and my next door neighbor was like, "Yeah, they've, they've just went on in your bikes," and I've went to I've went to go start running off after them, and then I remembered how fucking gammy my knees are. Um, <laughs> but, so I turned around and my bike was just in the front room. so I grabbed my bike, fucking. You seen? Well, it's a, a lot of folk have seen the video. I was going yeah. 100 miles an hour. I, I remember it just hanging. There's no fucking way you're getting away with us. Like I'm catching you. You know, ah, uh, well, I think I've said it. Uh, have I said that story before? I can't remember. where um, I remember seeing one person on on my kid's bike and they had their hood up and I jump off the bike. And I remember saying, get off that fucking bike now. And they just ignored me. So I'm, so I've jumped off the bike at this point cause they're cycling quite slow. Cause are going like over the traffic lights. And I remember thinking, I'm going to fucking head kick them off that bike. <laughs> um, and I was running, I was lit. I'm not even joking. I was going to head kick them right off the bike. Uh, and luckily I didn't Cause it turned out to be a girl, um, as well, uh, So I've grabbed her, thinking it was a guy, obviously, I've grabbed the back of the the jumper and I'm like, get off the bike now, try to like pull her off. And uh, then her reply was like, get off me. (laughs) pure, pure, like basically a junkie. Uh, Aye. And then I I got the bike. And then the guy came back pure shaking. Here's the other one.
0: How's your luck that you nick a bike and then realise it belongs to Stevie fucking Ray? (laughs) Better luck next time. Well,
1: well, they're lucky. They're lucky. I just let them away. Yeah, that's for that's for sure. Because if that was a good, if that was a good uh, five, maybe even ten years ago, they would have been uh, in the hospital with no teeth. So they probably, they've probably not,
0: had they've, no
2: teeth already. I think that was the only point of it. It wasn't on camera. The senior coming out of the house, the senior biking around the corner, and then the rest of it was not on camera. So you got yeah. away with hitting them.
1: Yeah. The, th- those two people are never to be found. Still. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sounds them right. But anyway. That's, Back to you. And I, I just wanted to say thank you so much. Thank you for all the memories you've given me, all the amazing fights that I've enjoyed over the years. You're always someone that I just like got excited about being on the card and and was always just like deliriously cheering you on. So I just want to say thank you so much and for everything you've given to MMA. Um, and Peter, I'll, I'll hand over to you because I'm sure you want to sign off on this.
2: Yeah, no, just thanks for the memories, good and bad, because even when you said you got depressed and stuff, we, we we were the same. We were all sad when you lost as well. We went do that as well. Uh, your moment in Heidel was my favourite moment as well, being in the crowd and seeing that. The atmosphere was absolutely brilliant. i uh, also like to thank you for all the interviews and that you've given us over the year. You've never yeah. said no once. Never once. Uh, we've always had a good relationship used to help you with your social media and all that and it was a great pleasure as well to help promote you and stuff, and I'm pretty sure we'll interview again for Braveheart and all that and see you at events and all that and we'll get you again
1: Aye, that's it uh, I mean I'm still going to kind of dedicate uh, my life or try to um, and give back and whatever and I'm going to be obviously coaching at Braveheart and um, hopefully I can get some guys to the UFC or, or if not, you know, just coach and help better people's lives or, or whatever it may be. Um, yeah, doing that, I'll still be training. Uh, I'm still going to obviously travel uh, to James's and I'm going to maybe focus on putting the gi on and trying to get my black belt next. And, and you never know, I'll maybe, I'll maybe compete in jujitsu if, uh, if the knee ever gets better. Um, and you never know, I would never say never to jumping in if, if an opportunity came up, uh, fighting again but it probably will only be at lightweight um, again just <laughs> for the way I've been pumping the iron so uh, uh, maybe it would be a welterweight return if I ever did but I just pretty much thanks to everybody like everybody that's uh, there's that many people to thank I couldn't even start naming Um Thanks to everybody that's ever uh, supported me. It's it's overwhelming. Even when I posted up my retirement, you know, sometimes I think you just expect all oh, the the haters coming out and and that. But uh, and there probably was still, you know, you you always get a bit of hate or whatever. But I just the uh, the amount of kind of love and support I got uh, saying that wonder gutted, or you know thanks for all the memories and and whatever else. Um, so, aye, hopefully, I've, you know, uh, you enjoyed some of my career. Uh, and I, like I said, thanks to the support, whether your sponsors, fans, friends, family, management, everybody, team, coaches. Yeah. Aye.
0: I just think, you know, we've spoken a few times tonight about the sacrifices that, that um, you know, fighters go through for this ball. And just as a fan... I, I really appreciate it. It's my favourite thing in life is to to watch fights. So thank you to you and everyone else that puts everything on the line every time you go in there. Well,
1: that's it. I've made I made a good few sacrifices in my time. Uh, you know, missed a lot of birthdays and uh, even my kids' birthdays. I've missed some of them, having to be away on fight camp and almost missed my third daughter's birth, uh, having to go to Poland because we were worried that. You know, Natalie was going to have the baby when I was away. Luckily, obviously, she waited until I was back. But, yeah, um, I know a lot of people would probably even do some of the sacrifices that that I did. uh, But that's kind of what makes a difference. Um, So, again, uh, if anybody's out there trying to achieve their dreams or whatever, um, you know, goals, uh, whatever it may be, you know, just remember a few things that one it's not going to be easy um there's going to be loads of bumps in the roads there's going to be loads of times where you think about quitting giving up um you know uh no wanting to make sacrifices like all that uh, just kind of if you want it bad enough um then then go for it um i mean didn't make any crazy decisions that's you know going to no turn out but yeah just go for it I mean you only live once uh, and why no? And I know that my career got turned kind of short because uh, of my injury but again I only live once and it's an experience of a lifetime. I made a name for myself and you know it's uh, pretty cool that you can type my name in on Google and loads of kind of different stuff comes up whereas you know 10 years ago if I thought you typed my name in on Google or YouTube it, it was the fact that you know I was maybe in the jail or <laughs> or i I'd, I'd, I'd done, i done something, um, and aye, uh, so aye, just kind of chase your dreams. Fucking, we live, we live what an average, uh, eighty, eighty years maybe, um, and then we're not here anymore. we that's it. Life's over. So fucking try and live your life to the fullest. Um, chase your dreams. The sky's the limit. Like. Nothing's impossible, go for it. Um, and whatever you end up doing, just make sure you're happy doing it. Um, if you're not happy doing it, try and do something else that makes you happy. It's-
0: Great advice. What's oh, it's an emotional one tonight, gang. Yeah. <laughs> Stevie, everybody coming through now is just wishing you all the best. Um, yeah. All the best on a fantastic career, Peter. Over to you.
2: Yeah, it's been been emotional, and I wish you all the best on that. And I'm sure we'll get you back on soon.
1: Thanks, guys. And just remember, if anybody misses watching my fights or whatever, you can. I'm sure you can still get them on Fight past, Watch all the old yeah. fights. I'm I'm probably going to do it as well. I've not watched any of my fights in a while, so I'll maybe do a wee. Uh, what do you call it? Um, like watch off through them. Uh so I thanks again for all the support guys. Appreciate that. Peace out. Hey, <laughs>